was November 20, 2001. 39-year-old housewife Brenda Andrew and her husband Rob were standing in the garage of their Lansbrook home. A normal evening. That was about to change. Before they knew it, two masked gunmen would run into their garage and open fire. The murder alone was senseless, cold, and cruel. And it wasn't over yet. When Brenda Andrew, her two children, and a family friend would disappear into thin air, police would uncover a mystery of sex, lies, betrayal, and discover a devil lurking in the church's home. This is the case of Brenda Andrew. Viewer discretion is advised. Brenda Evers was born in 1963 to a conservative, church-going family in Enid, Oklahoma. Brenda and her family grew up in the church, and she was involved in activities in the church. By the time she reached high school, although Brenda was a very good church-going girl, she was also a pretty good flirt. And her sultry smile and model-perfect figure turned the heads of nearly every schoolboy in Enid. One young man who couldn't keep his eyes off Brenda was Rob Andrew. Rob Andrew was a year older than Brenda, and Brenda had gone to school with his brother. During the summer that Brenda was a senior in high school, Rob's younger brother introduced the two, and they quickly hit it off. When they graduated, Robert went to Oklahoma State to study advertising. Brenda went to Okie State with him and got good grades, too. When Rob got his advertising degree, he quickly landed a job with a successful ad agency. Brenda began building her career in banking and was a very good bank teller. Until 1991, when the couple had their first child, a daughter named Tricity. Brenda was ecstatic and so was Rob. Brenda excelled at her her new role as mother. And a few years later, they had another child, a son, Parker. The family seemed to be complete, and with Rob's six-figure salary, they purchased a very nice and big home in Landsbrook, a suburb of Oklahoma City. Brenda, according to her former neighbors, was a very fun neighbor to have. She would bring over baked goodies, was a great Sunday school teacher, great mom, great wife, not a hair out of place, and was very, very kind and loving. However, at the church where the Andrews were members, rumors began to fly that Brenda was more than just the demure housewife that she tried to portray. For starters, Brenda would wear very tight-fitting clothes to Sunday school lessons, and many of the parishioners took notice. It was also during this time that Brenda began to have a suspected love affair with a nun, another Sunday school teacher named Jim Pavat. Jim Pavat was a former military sniper and an insurance agent by trade. James had just gone through a bitter divorce and Brenda, according to what she told people at the church, was being a good Christian woman and providing James a shoulder to cry on. 
But rumors began to fly that she was providing James with more than just a shoulder, and people had no problem notifying Rob Andrew of his wife's air quote extracurricular activities. Brenda promised Rob that she and James were just good friends. And it wasn't long before Rob and James became good friends too. They prayed together, they went hunting together, went out to dinners, lunches. Rob even purchased a very big life insurance policy, $1 million to be exact, from James and the company he worked for, naming Brenda Andrew, his wife, as the beneficiary. By all accounts, Brenda Andrew had made it in life. She went from a fresh-faced country girl to suburban soccer mom. But as her 40th birthday approached, Brenda began to question what she had become in the process. And that is where things get sticky. For everything wasn't all love and sweetness with the Andrews. For starters, it was discovered that Brenda Andrew was having a number of affairs during her marriage to Rob Andrew, and she made no bones about it and made no attempt to hide her actions. It was noted that Rob Andrew knew of his wife's affairs, but he always thought that it was just a phase and that she would grow out of it. By 2000, the couple were talking divorce. Rob was against it, but agreed to give his wife some space, for Brenda was the one who initiated the separation. It was also during this time that Brenda became very, very cold to Rob, very mean and very distant. While they were not fully separated yet, she pushed the issue for Rob to move out of their Landsbrook home and into another home. She also tried her hardest to prevent Rob from seeing his children. And according to Rob's friends and family members, this hurt him greatly as he could not understand why his wife had grown such a very bad disdain for him. But despite this, he wanted to keep at his marriage and keep trying to make it work. It was also discovered that Brenda Andrew had began to stalk Rob in a way. Although she did not want him and didn't really care if another woman had him, she, for some reason, hated his guts. It was numerous occasions that Rob said he found Brenda sitting in her car outside of his apartment, or she would sit in front of his door and he would look out the peephole to see her just staring at the door. It was even one time that he took out his trash and found Brenda standing by the dumpsters with a look of pure evil on her face. And according to the co-worker he told this to, it made him run immediately back into the building very quickly and lock the door behind him. He did not understand what was going on with his wife, but he was determined to let everybody know if something happened to him, it was his wife or his insurance agent or both. He even discovered that James Pavad was hindering his efforts to remove Brenda Andrew as the beneficiary for his $1 million life insurance policy. He wanted to put it in his parents' name in case something happened to him so that he knew Tricity and Parker would be set. He even called the insurance agency where James Pavat worked and notified them of what he was doing. And all that did was add fuel to the fire. 
James Pivat would call Rob Andrew and in a sense threaten him and tell him that he did not know what type of man he was dealing with and to not ever call his job or his superiors again. According to friends and family, Rob grew increasingly fearful in the weeks leading up to his murder. At the beginning of November, while Rob was at work, he got a call from a mysterious woman that said that Brenda Andrew was involved in a very bad car accident and he needed to rush to a local hospital to check on the welfare of his wife. Rob left his job and jumped in his car and went straight there. But due to some sudden car trouble, he never made it. When he finally made it to his mechanic, his mechanic had told him that his brake lines had been cut and there were virtually no brakes to his car. And had Rob taken the expressway, Rob could have easily died in a car wreck. He told his mechanic right then and there, Phil, someone is out to take my life. And it wasn't long until a few weeks later on November 20th, 2001, when Rob Andrews' worst fears would be confirmed. As he pulled into the driveway of his former home, he was met by Brenda Andrew, his wife. He had come to pick up Tricity and Parker for his scheduled holiday and weekend that he had the children. That was not to be. As he stepped into the garage, according to Brenda Andrew, two masked gunmen came into their garage after him and began to open fire on the couple. The gunman fired two shots into Rob and a third shot hit Brenda in the arm, according to her, as she tried to flee. When she made her 911 call, she was visibly out of breath and claimed that she and her husband had been shot. When police converged on the Lansbrook home, Rob Andrew was found lying motionless in a pool of blood. He was dead. Brenda Andrew was taken to the hospital where she was treated for the bullet wound she sustained and the injuries that she sustained. She was determined to be okay and they released her that very same night. Everyone agreed that Brenda was lucky to be alive. Everyone, that is, except the cops. For police couldn't understand, how could Rob Andrew end up with two gunshot wounds that ultimately killed him while she ended up with a very superficial wound in the arm? And minus a few buckshots that ricocheted off everything and hit her, Brenda Andrew was in good condition as opposed to her husband. They also discovered that at the time of the shooting, Brenda Andrew had her children not in the living room where they normally sat and waited for their father to pick them up. She had them in her bedroom with the TV turned up very loud. The children's things were not packed for them to go with their father for the weekend. And the children also said that their mother had told them not to come out no matter what they hear. At this point, police began to suspect that Brenda Andrew was involved in the murder of her husband. However, when they questioned her, she was so distraught about the murder, they began to have second thoughts. After a while of investigation, they discovered Rob's million-dollar life insurance policy, they discovered Brenda's affairs and her other extracurricular activities, and they also got a front-row seat via the judge and defense attorneys for the divorce as to what happened during divorce proceedings. 
And what was noted was this. Brenda wanted full custody of the children. She wanted the home. She wanted her upscale lifestyle, just not her husband. But she wanted him to still maintain the upscale lifestyle. When speaking with some of Rob's friends and family, they claimed that Rob had become depressed in the days and weeks leading up to his murder. Two weeks before he was murdered, he pulled into the driveway because his daughter had called him and told him that her mother had bought her a brand new puppy. She wanted her father to see the puppy, and when he went to the home to see the dog, Brenda Andrew would not let him inside, and instead brought the puppy out to Rob's car and only let him hold the dog for about five seconds before she viciously and angrily snatched it back and told him to get the F out of her driveway. Rob couldn't understand for the life of him why his wife hated him so much, but he claimed to his friends, his family, and co-workers that he wanted to make the relationship work and that hopefully he and Brenda could get back on good terms. Police then began to notice that their suspects narrowed down to just two, Brenda and James Favat. However, when they went to go talk to their main suspects, they ran into a little snag. It all started when Rob's funeral failed to begin at the appointed time. The ministers would get up and in front of the congregation tell everyone that the funeral was not starting on time because some of the family members were not in attendance. Brenda Andrew, Tricity, and Parker were not at Rob Andrew's funeral service. They were on the run. And by that point, police knew that their hunches had proved correct, that Brenda Andrew and Jim Pavat had murdered Rob Andrew in order to obtain his million-dollar life insurance policy. The story became national news. A Sunday school teacher, wife and mother, accused of murdering her husband, fleeing the country with her two small children. Police looked high and low for Brenda. They searched every state, every town, even looked at places where there is no extradition, no matter what crime you may have committed. And for months, they could not figure out where the couple and the two children were. Rob's family sat anxious as they did not know if Tristan and Parker were safe and sound or even alive, as Brenda Andrew was not keeping, keeping in contact with anyone during this time. Police finally caught a break in February of 2002. Brenda Andrew was caught with Jim Pavat and the two children trying to re-enter the United States with fake passports. They were arrested in Texas and then booked and shipped back to Oklahoma City. The children were placed in the custody of Rob's family. Brenda and James were held without bond and charged with the first-degree murder of Rob Andrew. In 2002, Brenda Andrew and James Fervat were sitting in Oklahoma City's jail awaiting trial for the murder of Rob Andrew. On November 20, 2001, Rob Andrew had been gunned down in the garage of his former Landsbrook home. Police, after many months of investigation, had connected the dots and pinned the murder on both Brenda and James Pavat. They elected to try the two separately, as the evidence against Pavat was much stronger than the evidence against Brenda. And they figured if they had a convic conviction with Pavat, 
then they figured they had a better chance at convicting Brenda as well. When James went to trial, he was very confident. The prosecution put on numerous witnesses that testified to his love affair with Brenda Andrew and how he was just a sucker for love and who would do anything for love. They also claimed that Jim Pavat was an ex-army sniper who was the best in his unit and graduated top of his class. So they claim it was no coincidence how he was able to aim for vital organs that when he shot Rob Andrew, that would kill him instantly. Jim Pavat's defense attorney said that the state's case was lacking one key element, motive. Jim Pavat had really nothing to gain by Rob Andrew being done away with. Brenda and Rob were going through with the divorce. All the evidence indicated that. Although Rob didn't want it, because of the negative effect it may have on his children, he still agreed to it because that was what Brenda wanted. And according to the defense attorney, if Jim Pavat wanted to be with Brenda Andrew, all he would have had to do was wait a few weeks and Brenda Andrew would have been single. The jury did not see it that way. James Pavat was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to death. In October of 2002, the state versus Brenda Andrew got underway. Unlike the Pavat case, prosecution had no problem laying out a motive. The motive, they claimed, was Brenda wanted to be rid of her husband after years of playing the dutiful housewife and soccer mom and wanted to maintain her upscale lifestyle, but just didn't want a husband or ex-husband to get in the way of her dealings. So... They said she found her patsy in the form of James Pavat, someone who had just gotten gotten out of a bad marriage and someone who was just looking for companionship. And they claimed that through sex, she manipulated James Pavat into murdering her husband. And that wasn't just speculation. They put on numerous men going back to the beginning of Rob and Brenda's relationship who testified that Brenda Andrew was the woman that they had an affair with. And according to documents, it was over 20 or 30 men that testified in Brenda Andrews' trial that said that they had met her in one form or another and then proceeded to have affairs with her. And she would be the one to cut off the affairs, claiming that it was no longer fun. One man claimed that he met her in the vegetable aisle of the local supermarket and... He said they were talking about carrots and lettuce, and then all of a sudden, Brenda breaks out a motel room key and tells him where to meet her. It was also discovered that while the couple had lived in Texas, Brenda had also had an affair with her neighbor's husband for about six months before she, too, broke that relationship off. That was the main reason she wanted to stay in Texas when Rob had found them a home in Oklahoma City. They also brought in evidence Brenda's pants that she were wearing the night of the murder, which showed blood spatter. It was determined that James Pavat had fired the first shot, but then Brenda took over. The state claimed that Brenda fired the fatal shot that caused her husband's death. And they were able to explain that due to the blood splatter on her pants. Her hands were also tested for gunshot residue, and it was determined that her test was positive. 
Things were looking bad for the defense until they entered into evidence a letter supposedly written by James Pavat to Brenda's daughter claiming that he killed her father and that her mother had nothing to do with it. Handwriting experts said that the letter was likely a fake as Brenda had wrote it in an attempt to pin the murder solely on James Pavat. After both sides wrapped up their closing arguments, the jury went to deliberate. It took them less than eight hours and they came back with the verdict of guilty on the charge of first degree murder and the death of her husband. The very next day, Brenda Andrew made one final plea to the judge. And in her plea, she claimed that she was a loving, caring, and compassionate woman and mother, and she loved her family and her children dearly, and that she could have never have done something like this. The judge was not moved. He sentenced her to death. As of 2023, Brenda Andrew is still currently the only woman on Oklahoma's death row as Oklahoma has not been doing executions. They will remain on death row either until the day they die of natural causes or until the state starts back up doing executions. Jim Pavat is also on Oklahoma's death row. Tricity and Parker were raised by their father's family and by all accounts, once they became grown adults, they received their father's insurance policy, which after he died was put into a trust by the insurance agency for them. It is said that Tricity went on to Oklahoma City and she played sports at the college and was doing very well. Parker also is doing very well. It is unknown if they have a relationship with their mother, but what is known is that they were very much privy to the disturbing details of their father's murder as their mother's trial and her run from the police was a very notable part of the case. Brenda's family continues to maintain that Brenda Andrew had nothing to do with her husband's murder and that she was wrongfully convicted and that she was an innocent victim who got ensnared with the wrong man. This has been Till Death Do Us Part.